Hey there, future friends. Well, I did it. I went to see Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and here I am with the review. As always, the first half of the show is spoiler-free, and then in the second half, I go into some detail. I don't give two reviews. I just do my full review with absolutely no spoilers, and then I talk about some details about the film in the second half. You have fair warning before I do that. So if you have not seen the movie but want to hear a review, stick around. Here it comes. This is Future Flicks with Billiam. Welcome to the show, everyone. That's right, the long-awaited Black Panther 2, or also known as Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the official title, has finally come out. It came out last week. And if you did not tune into last week's episode, it's not too late. It is still out there. But right now, I'm here to talk to you about Black Panther Wakanda Forever. So let me tell you that this was a nationwide release, of course, not being released on streaming yet. We'll probably see it on Disney Plus in... Six months or so, maybe. I don't know exactly how long they usually wait, but this is a big one, so it's going to get its full run in theaters, and it's going to wait a bit. So this is about the people of Wakanda who fight to protect their home from intervening world powers as they mourn the death of King T'Challa. Of course, it's about way more than that. We'll talk about that in this episode. So returning from the first film is Letitia Wright, Denai Gurira, Angela Bassett, Lupita Nyong'o, Martin Freeman, Florence Kasumba, and Winston Duke, but new to the cast are Tino Cuerta from The Forever Purge and Dominique Thorne from If Beale Street Could Talk. So what I can say about the premise that isn't going to give anything away is that this is really about two things. This movie is about the mourning period, the mourning and how sometimes grief can manifest as, as anger. And it's also about generational trauma. Because if you've seen any of the trailers, you know we're going to see Namor the Submariner in this. We know that he is going to be a person of uh, Aztec descent. They go into all that in the movie, of course. But it's really about how Wakanda is now out there in the world saying, hey, we were hiding, now we're not, and we're a superpower who can try and do good. And then Namor's people going, hey, we've been hiding for hundreds of years and the fact that you are out there in the world puts us at risk so all the while they're dealing with this they also have to deal with the death of king t'challa of course chadwick boseman passed away in real life and ryan coogler did another movie and i think he was right to do that i have a good friend at at work who loved black panther and he will will not see black panther 2 because he personally thinks they should not have done it they should have retired the character no more black panther because Chad McBoseman is the only one. And even though in the comics, Black Panther has died a couple times and they've replaced him, I understand where he's coming from just because it's different. It's not a comic book. It does have to do with someone who was who was real. Though I do not see it the same way he did because I went and saw this film. So Black Panther Wakanda Forever, PG-13, clocks in at 2 hours, 41 minutes, 
co-written and fully directed by Ryan Coogler. Ryan Coogler, of course, who did the first one. And he also did Creed and Fruitvale Station, two other fantastic movies. And I thought this was a very, very well done movie. But you do have to understand going into it that this is so much more than just an action comic movie. This is a movie about dealing with grief. This is a movie about how to move on when a figure in your life is no longer there. This is a movie, like I said, about generational trauma and how it's passed down and how it affects you even if you weren't one of the people it happened to. This is about dealing with your emotions and it's also about the greed of the world we live in. Like, the the rest of the world reacting to Wakanda now being a superpower is a big part of this movie and how greedy everyone becomes. This movie has so many layers to it, and Ryan Coogler does it wonderfully. The characters' journeys, especially Shuri, played by Letitia Wright, is, is really well done. There are quite a few really good surprises in the movie. I will tell you which ones in the next section when I give spoilers. One of the things I noticed, and I kept commenting on to myself during the movie, was how good the music was. And that, that's a big part of movies, right? We can't ignore that. Music is an amazing part of cinema. When I was in middle school, my band teacher, for some reason, had this idea that he'd impress all the kids by getting a copy of Star Wars, but removing the music from it. But of course, this was in the mid-90s, and back then, Star Wars wasn't as big as it was now. Back then, it was really more niche nerd shit, and he didn't realize that no one, besides me and a couple other kids, cared. But think about that. Think about watching one of your favorite movies with the musical score removed, and how that would change things. Okay, now that I got that out of the way, let's talk about the things we knew were going to happen. So they're not spoilers, they were in the trailers, we knew we would be seeing Riri Williams in this. And I like how they handled her, that she is an important character, but she is a side character in all this. She was an important part of the movie, but Ryan Coogler did not forget that we were watching a Black Panther movie, not an Ironheart movie. Is it really cool? Yes, it is. But this is about Wakanda, this is about Shuri, this is about the legacy of T'Challa. The standout performances of this movie, of course, Letitia Wright did a wonderful job. Angela Bassett, as the queen, dealing with the death of her son, she did a fantastic job. And I'm actually having trouble picking people out for this because everyone did a good job. Tino Cuerta was amazing. Lupita Nyong'o, always good. Even if the movie she's in is bad, she is still good. That is something I love about her. Martin Freeman did a good job, but he didn't get as much to work with as the others, but he was still great. The pacing of this movie was very impressive because everyone had their time to shine. And it, it gives you enough time in between all of their very emotional moments that none of them really take away from the others. Denai Gurira's biggest moment was allowed to be hers and didn't take away from Angela Bassett or Letitia Wright. I think that everyone had their moment to shine, but it didn't feel like it was purposefully done that way in the fact that it didn't feel disingenuine. Like now it's Shuri's turn and now it's someone else's turn and now it's this person's turn. It all happened very naturally, which is what I liked. 
what really, really impressed me about this film was its multiple layers. Because you can watch this as just another comic book movie. You can. It's a great one. It really is. You can watch it on the surface level. But if you dig, if you care, if you want to see more than just another Marvel movie, it's there. Ryan Coogler delivers. The movie is long, but it doesn't feel long. Like, I didn't find myself checking my watch. The only way I knew a lot of time was passing is because I shouldn't have had that much to drink before I went to see it, because I had to pee multiple times. And most of the time when I see a movie, I could hold it and then just dash to the bathroom at the end. I know more information than you wanted, but just a word of warning, be careful how much you drink before you go in. There were also plenty of great callbacks to the first movie, especially with people like Winston Duke and certain events that happened in the first one we see mirrored in this one. And even though everyone has their own story and their time to shine, the hero's journey is still Shuri's. So I think that stopped this movie from getting too convoluted because even though there were different things going on, even though everyone had their own time to shine, even though everyone had their own problems, they still shared the problem of the future of Wakanda of missing King T'Challa. And then also Shuri was the one with our, like I said, hero's journey for the movie. Honestly, I'm having trouble with this review. And I just want to reiterate how good it is. I've been seeing a lot of middle-of-the-road reviews, a lot of sevens and sixes from people I follow on various social media platforms, and I don't know what they saw. What it could be is that I was really impressed with the fact that this is a multi-layered film, that there's so much depth to it. And maybe some people just wanted an action film. Maybe someone just wanted the next Avengers film already. I don't know. But all I know is from my perspective, from someone who was able to see everything that went into this and appreciate it, I loved this film, and it's probably one of my top Marvel films now. For my Doctor Strange review, I said that it's a great movie within the MCU, but a bad movie on its own, and it was lucky that we watch it within the confines of the MCU, because otherwise it wouldn't be that good. This movie is a great movie within the MCU, and a great movie on its own. If you took Black Panther and Black Panther Wakanda Forever out of the MCU, you still have really good movies. And I think that's what makes some of Marvel's films better than the others. Even though Marvel films don't need to be sold on their own, it's impressive when they can. And I think Ryan Coogler did that twice now really well. I won't tell you what they are, but I will tell you that there is no stinger, but there is a mid credit scene. So once that mid credit scene happens, you can leave. You're welcome. The scenes with Namor and his people, I thought were really great. Learning their history was really great. It's very interesting. But then again, this is a movie about Wakanda. So we do just get a little bit about them. I am looking forward to seeing more. And I liked the fact that Tino Cuerta was likable as Namor. Because if you've read the comics, Namor's kind of a piece of shit. But that was done really well. Seeing both of the cultures was fantastic. And I, that's something that really stood out to me with the first Black Panther and this one, that this is a story told by a Black creator starring people of color with a story and background based on African culture. I love that because how many movies do we see based on European culture, so goddamn many. And I think that movies like this are exactly what we need 
to help show people, especially white people who may not be well-traveled, as one may say, to show them, look how great the world out there is. Maybe you should look at other stories other than ones told by people who look like you. Black Panther, Wakanda Forever is an important movie for many reasons. Yes, like I said, it is a good comic book movie. It does further the story of Black Panther within the MCU. We do see characters that are going to tie into future works. But yes, it is a multi-layered story that tells us a story about grief, about generational trauma, of about conflicts between nations, and about the greed of the world. It is so well done. It is so impressive that I think everyone should see this movie. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is a great film. And I'm sorry if it feels like I couldn't collect my thoughts for this part of the review, but I, I was just so impressed that I'm still, a few days after seeing it, I saw it on Thursday, it is now Sunday, I, I still feel a little overwhelmed by it. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is worth your time, and my final score is it gets a 10 out of 11. My future friends, that is it for the first half of the show. Remember, in the second half, I'm going to be talking about spoilers galore, so if you do not want to hear those, leave right now. Thank you for listening, I do appreciate that, but I'm going to talk about movie specifics after the break. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. fine. Alright everyone, we're back with the spoiler-filled section. Remember, turn around now or press pause if you did not want to hear any. Because here we go. So Shuri is the new Black Panther, and while many of us could have put that together, I didn't want to confirm it in the previous section. Because for a moment there, I actually wasn't sure if that's where they were going. Because an argument could have been made that there were a couple times where it could have gone to Nakia, played by Lupita Nyong'o, or it could have been M'Baku, played by Winston Duke. Because even though a lot of us going in knew that Shuri in the comics is going to be the Black Panther... They didn't actually say it for the longest time. So when she finally does go through everything, and in fact, I forgot that Killmonger burned up all of the plants that, that you needed to make into that, that thing to drink so you can go to the ancestral plane. I totally forgot that. So when they finally replicate it, when Riri Williams helps with that, so when she does make it to the ancestral plane, who does she see? She sees Killmonger because she still has anger in her heart. And why does she have anger in her heart? Because her mom was killed by Namor. Because Namor attacked Wakanda to show, hey, we're not fucking around. 
either join us or we'll come for you, kills the queen. So she loses her brother, then her mother. So now Shuri has a chip on her shoulder. So then when she goes to the ancestral plane, who does she see? She doesn't see the past. Black Panthers, like T'Challa did, she sees Killmonger. Because she has this anger and rage in her heart. And who can understand that? Who can sympathize? Killmonger can. And who's going to push her further into that direction? Killmonger. Killmonger is one of the best villains, if not the best villain, in the MCU. Because like I was talking about generational trauma earlier on in the, the review, we have the generational trauma from Killmonger too, because that's part of why he did this. It's part of why he came after Wakanda. Going, hey, do you see what was happening to all of our ancestors? Do you see what is happening to our people? Do you see this? How can you be so powerful and do nothing? I'm going to force you into the light. I'm going to force you to come forward. So then in this one, when Shuri goes to the ancestral plane with all of that rage, he's like, here I am. What's up? So then once Shuri gets the Black Panther suit on and she says, hey, you know, we're not going to stand for this. We're going to go attack Namor's people. We're going to take the battle to them. It's only during the battle, once both sides are slaughtering each other, that she sees it. She sees her mother who tells her, you know what the right path is. So what else can we talk about? Let's talk about seeing Valentina again. We haven't seen her. Let me look this up. We haven't seen her since Black Widow. We first saw her in the Falcon, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Then we saw her at the end of Black Widow in the post credit scene. We know anyone who is either really into comics or follows all the goings on in the MCU knows that she is forming the Thunderbolts. She is getting a team together. And this is setting her up as a bad guy. Because even though the Thunderbolts do good things, they do save the day, she is the MCU equivalent of Amanda Waller from the DC Universe. Amanda Waller, played by the amazing Viola Davis. And even though Viola Davis is a fantastic actress, Amanda Waller, not a great person. Valentina, similar. So what else? We now know that Everett Ross is on the run officially and being protected by Wakanda because he was trying to help them when he knew that America was trying to get their hands on Vibranium. But, you know, we saw a good amount of Everett Ross. Not a main character, but we saw enough of him to understand where his story is going. I like that. Riri Williams, not a main character, but we saw enough of her. We saw her in her full-fledged Ironheart suit, which I thought was so good. But she was forced to keep it in Wakanda. So now I'm wondering, when her show happens, when Ironheart starts, is she going to get the suit back from Wakanda or is she going to make another new one? So the questions for the MCU moving forward is how is the rest of the Marvel Universe going to react to the new Black Panther? So when everyone comes together to fight Kang, will she be part of it? The thing that bothers me right now, it's really bothering me that I can't remember who two characters are called in the comics. Because I recently read the first two parts of... Tanahasi Coates run on Black Panther and it was so good. But there were two characters that were a big part of it that we see in the movie. And I'm not sure if they're the same people or if it was just a reference to because one of them was when Okoye 
put on that special suit that Shuri gave her. Because her and Ayo in those suits are important comic characters, at least during the Tanahasi Coates run. So what else can I really say? I can say that was great seeing Killmonger again. I could say that I loved how generational trauma was represented through Namor because he really was there for the enslavement of his people. And then he came up back onto land, saw it, and just started wiping people out. And then they went into hiding. And so now they're so scared of being seen, but also thinking, hey, we're tired of being scared. Let's go and take the war to them. We can wipe them out. We are stronger than all of these nations. Maybe Wakanda can help us. And especially at the end, after Black Panther, Shuri Black Panther, makes Namor concede and says, okay, let's stop killing each other now. He goes back to his home. And when one of his people confronts him about the fact that he showed weakness, he's like, no, no, you don't understand. The world is going to come for them. When the world realizes they can't get vibranium anywhere else, they're going to come for them and then they will come and they will need us. So Namor is realizing that he just has to bide his time and he may actually get what they want. And how long will it be until we see this? Will we see this in this phase? Or not this phase, in this, in this big story arc? Because we know the MCU story arcs are going to be made up of three phases. This is the end of the first phase. Will we see this in the next phase or the one after? Or will it be... And the next big thing, how long will it take for this to come all to fruition? What I liked about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is we can see how we're going to see more immediate consequences in the MCU. But what was good about this movie, it was more of a slow burn. It's about grief. It's about trauma. And the effects of everything that happened may not be seen right away. And I think that's really cool because then later when it happens, we can go back to this and went, oh shit, that was set up back then. I think the future of the franchise is in good hands with Letitia Wright. I think she's a talented actress and she proved it with this movie. She had plenty of opportunity to show us her range and she did it. She showed us so much, and I'm very excited to see where this goes. Go see this movie. It is worth it. The final battle between the Wakandans and Namor and his people was really well done, and it shows just how terrifying they can be if they make the Wakandans fight for their lives. I've heard a lot of discourse recently that the MCU should have just ended with Avengers Endgame, but I don't think so because I think they're still doing good work and this is proof of it. My friends, Black Panther Wakanda Forever was so good. So thank you so much for tuning in. As always, there will be a regular episode this week. Hopefully, hopefully if there's not, that means I didn't have enough time. So if the next time I see you is next week, please forgive me. But for now, this is au revoir, my friends. Thank you for tuning in. Remember, go see this movie. Go see movies in general. Support cinema. Go watch some great stories. I will see you when I see you. Remember to check out the good friends of the show. We're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa and the Somewhat Nerdy Radio podcast. Always reach out to me. You can find the ways to reach me in the show notes. Always reach out. I like hearing from listeners. So please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.